You are listening to Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, the podcast. <laughs> Ramblings of a K drama fanatic with thoughts about Korean dramas, movies, music, and beauty. These are my thoughts about life, pop culture, and other really random things. New episodes mostly every week, mostly on Mondays, sometimes on different days. But follow us on our socials at Peach Neon Pink. There's two N's after neon. For more random, random, random <laughs> ramblings, head on over to my website at www.peachneonpink.com. Again, neon has two N's. Hello, hello, welcome back to Peach Neon Pink, the podcast. Um, I am officially back. I know it's been almost a month since I put out a podcast episode. Like I said on my previous podcast episode, um, episode six, actually. Yeah, this is episode seven, if I didn't say that already. Um, last podcast episode i told you guys i was gonna be traveling um so i'm officially back i've actually been back in the states for about almost two weeks now it's just it's been kind of crazy in my real life so i haven't had a chance to record this podcast um episode even even though evan even though um i've had like a drop of it kind of working on it um while i was in a long haul all of those long haul flights during my trip to southeast asia i'm gonna talk about that later not on this intro but anyways welcome back this is podcast episode seven of peach neon pink ramblings um stay tuned i'm gonna talk about a korean drama that i currently had just started watching called melting me softly i might have mentioned it in a previous podcast episode but we're gonna talk more about it um also gonna talk about a couple updates of on korean dramas that i was watching um while i was away on vacation including vagabond um so we're talking about uh when the camellia blooms uh so we're going to talk a little bit of updates about those dramas um on the k-pop front we're going to talk about two new comeback songs from two different groups um namely day six and stray kids so watch out for that in k-beauty i'm definitely definitely talking about an innisfree product as usual um their new lipstick and also um a product from nature republic that's on gonna be on the k beauty section so um stay tuned So this is the K-drama section of the podcast. As you guys know, my dear, dear listeners, wherever you are in the world. Um, so like I mentioned in the intro, I am going to talk about a new Korean drama um, that is currently airing that I just started watching. Um, it is a Korean drama called Melting Me Softly. It's starring Ji Chang Wook and Woon Jina. Um, I'm going to read off a uh, synopsis that I found off Drama Wiki. As usual, you guys know, I love just kind of stealing off um, synopsis online um, most of the time because I'm lazy and I don't want to write it myself. But anyway, um, <laughs> melting me softly. So um, Ma Dong Chan, played by Ji Chang Wook, is known in the entertainment world as a hit maker, a very successful producer of variety programs when every project he attaches himself to turns into a ratings juggernaut. Dong Chan is considered a manly specimen of manhood, with perfect physical and handsome features, who is coldly cool in work and hot in love. The broadcast station where PD Ma um, productions are filmed also employs part-timer Ko Miran, played by Wo Jina, who finds herself in a bind when debt collectors harasses her family for repayment of her family's debts. Miran eventually becomes involved with Ma Dong Chan's new variety program entitled 24 Hour Frozen Human Project, which revolves around the experiment where a man and woman are randomly chosen to be part of 
uh, as frozen human specimens and scheduled to be brought back within 24 hours of their entering the freezing chambers. In order to pay off her debts, Miran accepts an offer of 5 million won in exchange for being in exchange for being frozen for 24 hours due to a mysterious conspiracy instead of being frozen for 24 hours they remain frozen for 20 years the thawing begins 20 years later bring up difficulties that were in place before entering the freezing chamber that they must resolve before resuming their normal lives dong chan and miran start out resenting each other whilst trying to reverse their lives and figure out the side effects of the frozen human experimentation with one affecting their very existence the need to keep their average body temperature close to 31.5 celsius or 88.7 fahrenheit in order to survive um so that's a little bit of a synopsis i don't know i kind of lost like the ability to speak english okay (laughs) fluidly i guess like part of my trip um mostly because maybe because i was in bangkok and singapore i don't know maybe not related um (laughs) but please please excuse me if i mispronounce any words or whatever during this podcast it's just because i'm still kind of on vacation mode um so let's talk about melting me softly um it is the alternate title is melt me or nal nok yojo um in korean um it's currently airing on a cable um channel in korea called tvn um, but it has been acquired and currently available with english subs on viki um very how should i say it? interesting plot line about uh cryogenic sleep um I, initially what draw me into watching this korean drama was that it's kind of has similarities to um i think the whole like uh cryogenic sleep made me think about that movie with uh chris pratt and jennifer lawrence um fairly recently uh what was the title um passengers i think it wasn't a very good sci-fi movie honestly i watched it and it was like you know but um the idea of it uh, of this korean drama kind of intrigued me because of that it was a little bit um like not the premise or the plot is similar just the idea of it is similar um pretty much the plot line fundamentally asks um how one can cope uh with life waking up after having missed 20 years um this is a uh, fantasy rom-com genre written by Baek Mi Kyung. So the writer is also behind uh, Strong Woman Bong Soon, which stars uh, Park Hyun Shik and Park Bo Young, I believe, um, a while back. Uh, it's one of those kind of cult Korean dramas that if you watch it and enjoyed it, you're probably going to also enjoy this Korean drama. Um, I... I... I enjoyed um, Strong Woman Bong Soon because it's very wacky, over the top, and comedy. Um, it, it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, a, a little of it kind of bleeds into this production to this drama. Um, I mean, I didn't. I started watching Abyss, which was Park Boyong's uh, with An Hyo Sop. Uh, most recent drama which uh is on netflix i only really watched like a few episodes in the beginning and i didn't like keep on watching it because i'm kind of like a 50 50 with park boyong's um i love anhyo sop as an actor but park boyong is like 50 50 for me sometimes i love her korean dramas sometimes i don't um it just happens that Strong Woman Bong Soon is one of those her dramas that I actually love and enjoy. Um, anyways, back to Melting Me Softly. Um, like Strong Woman Bong Soon, the dialogue at times is kind of cringy and a bit sloppily written, I think. Um, while in Strong Woman Bong Soon, it comes off as quirky and um, wacky. Here, because the genre is a lot more it's not just a rom-com it's a rom-com it's a fantasy as well there's a little bit of a conspiracy um background in there so um i i think it doesn't work as well um just the way the style of this um k-drama writer is kind of like um 
is like that. So at times the the comedy is too excessive and you kind of get a little bit of a whiplash because it tries to put all the emotional scenes and then a very comedic scene um, right next to each other. There's not really a smooth transition in terms of the dialogue and the plot line. So um, while you're watching it, it's kind of like um, it takes you out of the drama, which for me honestly the best korean dramas are the dramas that um really engage you and immerse you into the world that you know you can binge watch for hours which is what i usually do with a a drama that i really really love um and usually in that case it's like a drama that i wait until it finishes like its entire run so i can binge watch it or i really just like watch it every week as the episodes are being subbed into english and come out so um in terms of melting me softly um it's the kind of drama that i mean it's currently airing right now so i really don't have a choice but to just wait until the episodes are coming out i pretty much binge watch until episode i think the current one episode eight that's currently subbed um i don't think episode nine comes out until next week or on monday um but i binge watch like the first like eight episodes pretty much um and it it really takes a while before it picks up so that's the downside of it um if you're the kind of hey drama watcher i guess that really wants like the drama to like grip you from the beginning um it this is not one of those um it also because the plot is a bit heavily handed um with the whole um freezing human it it takes a while like it doesn't really pick up until like about episode five or six i would say and that's when you're kind of more into the drama and more into the world of the drama um very interesting though because it's said um because madong chan is a um director a pd name um as they would say he it's set in a broadcasting station um so it's kind of interesting how cable um a cable channel um portrays like a broadcasting station because i think when uh the normal um broadcasting um, companies like NBC, SBS, KBS um, does a drama about a broadcasting station. It's more kind of intense um, because this is a cable channel. I think they're kind of a little bit more lighthearted and more chill. When you see um, the set, it's very like uh, hipster, uh, open workspace vibe. So um, I think that's the difference. Usually, I think when um, regular channels show a broadcasting station or that theme it's very like serious so um i i like that about this drama um the cinematography is actually quite well done um i love the colors like they really um brought about um really bright and joyous feel-good colors especially because the initial setting of the drama is in 1999 um which kind of reminds me of like the reply series because it's kind of like that they um although honestly the reply series actually did it so much better um showing like the difference between 90s soul to like 2000s 2010 soul so um this drama does okay but it could have done better honestly <laughs> um what else did i want to touch about um let's move on um i want to talk about ji chung wook um this is his comeback drama um i've previously actually okay the only drama that i've watched with ji chung wook is um suspicious partner with nam ji hyun and i love that drama um i i i honestly just love that drama their chemistry was like 200 percent over the top amazing like chemistry with namjoon that you're it's just so believable the plot line was so engaging um every character worked worked for um the amount of time that you're watching the drama so it's one of those dramas that i i hold close to my heart but i haven't really watched that much of ji chong wok's dramas because um for one thing like i've previously 
might have mentioned in this podcast is that I've been want- wanting to watch his Korean drama with Hajiwon, um, Nutella's Empress Key, but I cannot find it online and I, I really have to take the time to actually look for a source where I can watch it with English subs. And since it's a Seguk, like a historical drama, you know, you want to have subtitles for that. Um, I actually, um, like I said, only watch Suspicious Partner. I haven't watched the K2 or the Healer, um, which is more of Ji Chang Wook's more well-known action-based dramas. Um, but I'm just basing this evaluation just based on the fact that I really love Suspicious Partner. This this might not be his best work, maybe because he had just been discharged from his military service. Um, but he, honestly though, Ji Chong Wook's performance makes it worth watching for me. Um, I feel like he's capable of heavier, more skillful acting in terms of melodrama or rom-com. But because of the plotline and the script, um, he he kind of comes off as um doing only like 80 percent of what he's truly capable of as an actor as i feel like it um as i feel you know um of it um the best scenes are when he's acting like very measured and subdued um there is actually a scene in uh um, I don't remember if it's episode 7 or episode 8 but there's a scene where he um, because his character pretty much skips 20 years of his life his siblings have gotten old so they are portrayed by older actors and actresses um, and there's a scene where um, as their older brother he comforts them and it's kind of disconcerting to see this young guy, younger guy, kind of hugging this this Ajuma and Ajushi. But because of Ji Chang Wook's acting, you, you believe it that he's acting as their um, their oppa, their hyung, their older brother. Um, and like the look on his face on that scene was really what solidified me into like really wanting to watch more episodes of this drama because you see his eyes there barely like it's very like sad eyes but um he's about to cry but he doesn't and that's like the most like i think the way he acted that scene was really was like i was like sold into the drama um so for me ji chang Wook really carries this drama um let me talk a little bit about Won Jina, who is the female lead in this drama. She is a relatively newer actress. Um, I believe last year she won a um, Best New Actress Rookie Award for a Korean drama that she did. But she only really has, I think, two or three um, Korean dramas under her belt for her credits. Um, one thing I first noticed, and it's like very kind of like... Um, annoying to me because I first noticed that this this actress has like an extremely tiny face. <laughs> she she's not ugly. She's quite beautiful actually. It's just that she has a really really tiny face. Um, so she kind of comes off more like childish than a lead actress kind of way. Um, I don't know. She. Um, she had like re- I think the past drama she was in she had a lead role but I feel like she should have done more supporting roles before landing this this role because she really comes off as her acting is I don't know if it's just because of the script or something but she comes off very wooden um the that in turn so much that when you see her in scenes it kind of lacks sincerity even in the melodramatic scenes um within the episodes um you know that you're supposed to feel sad for her character or empathize with her character but because um she acts so wooden that it, the sincerity the sincereness of the scene kind of just disappears and you don't feel it um maybe partly because of the poorly written dialogue maybe that's why i'm not sure um like i said she's a rookie actress so i haven't i don't i'm not too familiar with her but i'm hoping as the drama progresses that she gets better that's my hope um 
I mean, sadly enough, Ji Chengwok really does most of the job making the chemistry between them somewhat believable. Because the whole premise of it is that you have to believe that um, Ma Dong Chan is going to fall in love with Go Miran. Um, and Ji Chengwok is one of those actors in the. Um, K drama Korean entertainment industry that's known to be like a, one of those like kiss masters. Like, he is very good at filming kissing scenes, like um, showing romantic like, chemistry and that like um, sexual tension. Um, he's very good with that because I know just from watching um, Suspicious Partner that he can do a very explosive, like, just you know, breathtaking kissing scene. Um, but here he really struggles, um, and it, it's probably just because the the pacing is a little bit slower or something. But he really does his best to kind of bring on and put, kind of show that like um, sexual tension between them. But because uh, one Gina's like portrayal of Gomiran is like so wooden that it's taking a while for me to kind of like settle in into the pairing and you know um I really like to watch Korean dramas that I'm gonna have a fervent like OTP like a one true pairing um but so far it's really just Ji Chang-wook that's carrying it I'm hoping it's gonna get better in the later episodes um Let's talk about Yoon Seya, who is a very... He's, she's quite a well-known actor. She's done a lot of supporting roles. She's done lead roles. Um, most recently, she was in Sky Castle. Um, she plays the older version of Na Hae-young, who was um, Ma Dong-chan, Ji Chang-wook's character's um, girlfriend or fiancé. Um, so she... I feel kind of bad because she's a veteran actress of Korean dramas, but she she doesn't um, have much to work with, um, even for a character with her experience. Um, I believe like she is has so much. She's a really great actress, but here because she's working with so little and she's just kind of grasping at the kind of like tiny section of her plotline um, that you kind of um, really notice like her style of acting um yun se when she does like a lot of like the um serious like pivotal cliffhanger type of shots her eyes grow really big and she just kind of looks like really stunned like a deer in the headlights look uh which is fine like some actresses do that and yun se is one of those actresses but because she's she's working with so little in this drama that it's kind of like um very apparent um i have nothing against her i believe she's a very amazing veteran actress but um she she deserves better i guess than this role um (laughs) which is kind of sad but you know um what you're gonna do it's it's the role um i also wanted to talk about uh shin hyun talk who plays uh, Go Miran's ex-boyfriend, Huang Byung Shim. Um, I previously saw him in Five Children or Five is Enough, which is like a 50-episode uh, weekend drama that I really, really love. Um, and most recently in Touch Your Heart with Lee Dong-wook and Yu Ina. Um, I, I actually really love this actor. He's one of those um, supporting... Uh, he's one of those like character actors that you see in a lot of dramas that he does very most of his characters um are ridiculous over the top um a little bit of a jerk assholey type of character but shin Tak does very well with this he really plays the, the comedic part of this role um which is very similar to his other roles like i mentioned um but he does really well um you're supposed to get really annoyed at this character because he he is a cheater he's like a womanizer and um continues on uh from the he was being portrayed um but by uh what's the name of the actor borrow of b1a4 uh 
or B4A1. It's a K-pop group. Um, anyways, the older version is played by Shane Hyun Tak, which, like I said, is one of my um, one of the character actors that I really like in Korean dramas. Um, and he he does really well. It's like you really get annoyed at his character and just like, oh my god, oh my god, just stop. You're too much. <laughs> um, I also want to mention uh, Kim Won Hye who is, as you guys know, is one of my favorite K-drama adjushis. Um, he is all, as usual, very amazing in this role. He plays actually a double a double role in this drama. He is one of the very many um, alumni from Strong Woman Bong Soon that um, supporting actors or character actors that are also in this drama. Um, so in Strong Woman Bong Soon, he plays two. He, he had a dual role. Here he plays um, Ma Dong Chan's father, um, and later on as the vo- the older version of Ma Dong Chan's younger brother Dong Shik. So uh, there's two different dynamics that he's showing, um, and as what we would expect with Kim Won Hye, my favorite K drama Ajushi, is that he, as usual, brings out a very capable, masterful performance. He he does very well and even though it is uh a supporting role he brings it out he just goes full on like um the character is fully realized um like most of how he portrays his characters in most korean dramas so um i'm, I'm excited like that he's basically in every korean drama that i watch so um most of the time if he's in a korean drama um uh, even as a cameo or just a supporting character um supporting role i i definitely it's factors into how much i want i want to continue on watching the drama so um last thing i want to talk about is an actor to watch out for um uh, troy bowman who before this drama i wasn't really familiar with him but he is from a k-pop group called golden child um he plays wang jihoon who is actually uh, Wang Byun Shim's uh, son, but he's kind of a bit of a uh, romantic, like a love interest for Go Miran, because she's kind of like pretending that she's still 24 years old, even though she's actually 44, having like been frozen for 20 years. So, uh, Troy Bowman is like. Um, he has very small like sections where he shows up in the drama so far but in every section he's just like very um captivating um adorable he's he's a very good looking um k-pop idol um but i feel like he's one of those idol turned actors that are very promising if he does more supporting roles or smaller roles in the future i think he's one of those idol turned actors that um, eventually you're probably gonna have like a lead actor role um like chai yun because he's he's quite good looking and he his acting is actually um pretty good for an idol turned actor so he's definitely one of those um to watch out for um and that's pretty much it those are my thoughts on melting me softly um i want to kind of talk about other korean dramas that i'm currently on my plate currently watching including vagabond which i talked about in the last um episode of the podcast uh which is the reunion project of lee sung yi and bae suzy um they were both in goo family book in 2013 uh, this is a very high action conspiracy political drama um that's filmed in morocco amongst other countries um i've watched uh about until episode five or six i had downloaded um a good like whatever the episodes were already out i downloaded it from netflix so that i can watch it offline during the long haul flights um so lee sung is what do i want to say he is almost speechless because he is very amazing to watch in this role he this might honestly be the best his best role to date like he he probably would win an award like for this role because when you watch him going through the anguish as his character loses um his character's name is chad dalgun uh when he loses his uh nephew just the sheer like 
like grief and how he portrays it is amazing and then all the action scenes he's just like kicking it like he's just doing so well in all of this that um i'm just like i'm quite speechless about his performance just because it's it's pretty it's pretty good um i am so happy um that i started watching it but also i'm kind of waiting um for other for more episodes to kind of show up just so it doesn't feel so like cliffhangery when i'm watching it i kind of want to binge watch like at least three or four episodes of this before moving on uh so i haven't watched any more episodes i'm just waiting for more episodes to be subbed and to show up on netflix um what else oh um when the camellia blooms which stars kang hanyol um from airs moon lover scarlet heart rail um this is his first project finishing his military service he's here with uh gong hyo jin who is in pasta the greatest love um i i really this is a k-drama that's on my list um it's one of the more realistic kind of heartwarming dramas slice of life dramas um that's currently airing or um i'm not sure if it ended its um airing in korea yet but it's um currently on netflix um i haven't started it i really really actually love kang hanyol as an actor he's one of my favorites i have probably mentioned in the past podcast episode but i just haven't had enough times in the day to actually start this drama and binge watch the episodes that are currently on netflix so it's still on my list um when i do start it i'm probably gonna update you guys and talk about it more on this podcast on the k drama section um but so far i haven't started it so watch out for that um that's pretty much it for the k-drama section of this podcast hopefully you guys enjoyed my ramblings on that i really and even though i had so much criticism about melting me softly i'm actually enjoying it quite a lot right now um even though the plot line is a bit 50 50 um good bad um i'm probably gonna continue watching it i'll update you guys like i said in the 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 future podcast episodes but so far pretty good um i'm probably gonna keep on watching it um so that was it that was it for the k-drama section uh stay tuned for the k-pop section of this podcast
Hey, and we are back. This is the K-pop section of Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, the podcast. Um, I am going to talk about Stray Kids, their new song, Double Knot. Um, if you are on um, Anchor or uh, Spotify Premium, you would have heard a section of the actual song Stray Kids, Double Knot, on here. If not, you're going to hear like a sort of like standard like um music on here <laughs> um due to copyright reasons as you guys know uh anyway stray kids as you guys know my uh may have known as a nine member group from jyp entertainment this is double knot is their comeback song um from their newer uh clay clay series uh album series um these these kids are stray kids are just very prolific i think they've had like at least three or four comebacks this year and double knot is no exception it's a a comeback song that's very intense um the the beats within this song even from the start just like grabs you and grabs hold of you and doesn't let go until the very last note of this song because it's just so intense that you're sent into this like whirlwind of like just like intense like feelings it's it kind of comes off as kind of like a little bit angry uh of a song like just the feel of the song um just because the beats within and the song have this kind of like hard dropping pattern um that's making it very fear sounding um again with most songs uh, from stray kids this is a um produced and written by three racha which is the producing line of their group uh which includes their leader bang chan who is the main producer i believe uh so it's bang chan uh han and changbin that's in three racha so they're usually the ones producing music uh for this uh for stray kids so actually um i really i really enjoyed this song it kind of came to me um a bit like from the left field just because um when the comeback happened it was just right when i was coming back from vacation and um i was just taken aback when this was released because um when you see the music video it's it's a lot more urban a lot more gritty than their their previous um music videos like for miro for um my pace like this is much more less production more gritty um like street kind of feel to the music video um their choreography is very amazing to watch um i saw stray kids back uh way back a few months ago during kcon here in la and they are they are called a month uh, a monster rookie group for a reason because um they self-produce all of their tracks um uh self-choreograph all of their formations and in here in double knot it is a very um tight formations with but yet still very fluid you can when you see the dance it's like the choreography you can see the flow the fluidity of their moves and it just goes um in every direction every step um makes sense when you're watching it so um that's what i appreciate about stray kids double knot because um it it kind of builds on on what stray kids is known for now and what they're strong at um and it builds on that to kind of make a better um more kind of like amazing track um i am looking forward to more releases and comebacks from this group just because they're still rookies um but very promising they have i believe a very long beautiful carrying care career uh, in k-pop ahead of them um and since they're they're very young all of them are at least like um less than 23 24 year olds so uh they're magne who i call uh my 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 youngest kid <laughs> ian is still i think he he just barely turned 18 or 19 this year so they have a long way until before um 
they really kind of have to show a more mature sound and the the beautiful part about stray kids songs is that um it really reflects their youthful exuberance and their um the way that they want to stand out in the k-pop scene so um when you hear a stray kids song uh, like when i first heard double knot like i didn't even have to look up who who put up this comeback song i was like it's stray kids because the the, the song itself is not only very distinctively three rochas like production but also very stray kids so um looking forward to more releases from this group so i'm probably gonna talk about them again when they do a comeback or another song in a future podcast episode um switching over we're switching to another group from jyp entertainment uh we're gonna talk about day six this is a song called sweet chaos um day six as i might have mentioned way back in the first um podcast episode is that they are a four-member band from jyp entertainment they are sunbiz to stray kids um so stray kids is their junior group in K- the k-pop terms of it all uh, sweet chaos is a comeback title song for um so earlier this year they came back um their first comeback album this year was the book of us gravity um so this one is their second comeback i think believe i believe this year called the the book of us entropy entropy so it's actually a full album it's their full uh, third full album release i believe uh their first one was sunrise i don't remember their second one but this one's their third one i believe so they're they're this is entropy is their third uh full studio album um it's very reminiscent of british rock uh, the beginning just has this very catchy um british rock feel uh, has ascending beats it's the type of song that by the time you're in the middle this is the type of song that you want to just headbang into and feel really rock starish um their music video is very minimalist but stylistically it's very engaging uh the special effects are not the type of um, special effects or computer graphics that take you out of the song it just really complements the whole idea of entropy and chaos very amazingly well um the the cinematography is just gorgeous um day six music videos and their songs you can't go wrong with them because they're always just so either amazingly shot and also just beautiful to listen to um this really highlights um their drummer also their magne their youngest uh Doon, um because uh the foundation of the song itself is very drum heavy percussion heavy so um sorry that was my ipad doing that weird sound uh the series sound anyways um <laughs> like i was saying uh the foundation of the song is very percussion heavy so and it has a very fast pace so uh dawn really shines in this and i believe from um the discography of day six that i've heard so far this is the five by far the one that highlights his skill the the best um before i went to my trip to southeast asia i actually had the chance to see them and hear them live which was amazing um at the where was it in downtown la at the novo and um i'm actually just really sad that um i saw them on their tour at a time that this comeback song hasn't come out yet because i'm pretty sure this uh, sweet chaos would have been one of those songs that would have been amazing and just breathtaking to hear um live so i believe they're gonna be doing these songs on the other stops on their tour um i later on this year in the beginning of next year so i'm kind of a little bit like uh i feel kind of envious of the people who are gonna watch them in other cities later on this year and um next year because they're gonna get to hear sweet chaos in person which is i would have loved to see um but in terms of seeing them live they they're amazing regardless so um if you are again i'm going to mention if you are tuning in to this podcast on anchor or you're on spotify premium you're going to hear a bit a snippet of sweet chaos after this section 
so enjoy <laughs> or not it's gonna uh well it's gonna be like a a stock song anyways i will be back for the k beauty section of this podcast stay tuned for that but meanwhile let's listen to day six
Hey, and now we、um, come upon the K Beauty section of this podcast,、uh, Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, the podcast. You guys have been listening to that so far.、Um, <laughs> and now we have come to K Beauty,、uh, which is one of my favorite sections of this podcast because I get to talk about、um, my obsessive love for Korean beauty, Korean skincare, Korean makeup. Uh, we're gonna talk about two things tonight or right now,、uh, this evening while I'm recording this.、Uh, first of all, we're gonna talk about Nature Republic,、um, their chamomile cleansing oil. So,、um, I recently actually had just purchased this、um, cleansing oil. I was finishing off,、um, I have like a little bit left of my.、Um, Rice、um, cleansing oil from the face shop. So, I was looking to try a different、um, cleansing oil.、Um, just、uh, a little bit about it. I usually do a double cleanse of like an oil, bla-、eh? oil, bla- oil based cleanser and then a water based cleanser. So,、uh, I was looking to change up my routine and、um, I came upon this、uh, cleansing oil while I was looking. Um, through and walking around Nature Republic last week.、Um, and they have like a big, massive bottle version of this that's like $35. But since I'm only trying it out, I'm, I picked out their smaller bottle that is, I think, like about $14. It's like a 200 ml one.、Um, it is very, very lightweight,、uh, non greasy. Which I love. It is,、um, it, I feel like it's, it's a good first step to double cleansing method.、Um, sometimes, if you use an oil based cleanser, for me, that's just my preference that when I use an oil based cleanser, I don't like it to be so greasy that when you start to wash it off, it just like it's too much oil. Um, the chamomile is not very overwhelming, it does leave quite like Um, a very subtle scent to when you're using it, but it's not it's not at all overwhelming. They're just gonna be like lulled into this hyper relaxed state. It's not, it's they on the bottle they said it's like very relaxing, refreshing. It is quite refreshing, but it's not um it's not as relaxing as you would hopefully would think about it because it's only like a cleansing oil. Um, but it's never like heavyweight, kind of like the normal oils are. Um, the thing I loved about my face shop, the face shop one,、uh, which is the rice um, bright uh, light uh, oil, is that it's very lightweight. It doesn't feel s-、um, sticky.、Uh, this is the same thing with、uh, the cleansing oil, this、uh, the chamomile cleansing oil from Nature Republic. It doesn't leave a sticky residue. It washes off clean、uh, right in time for me to do the second part of my double cleansing, which is the water based、um, cleanser. For reference, I usually use、uh, Cost RX's.、Um, I totally blank out what the name of it is now, but it's the one that's、um, the Good Morning Cleanser, Morning Cleanser,、uh, Gel Cleanser. Uh, which I love. I need to pick up another like tube, another, <laughs> another one because I've run out of it.、Um, but usually, when I do a lightweight cleansing oil and a gel cleanser, it works really well for my skin.、Um, my skin right now is in a bit of a, a mess because of the traveling, and, and I wasn't doing like my skincare. Um, as well as I could be. So,、um, I'm hoping that switching off to Nature Republic's chamomile,、um, chamomile cleansing oil is going to help with that and kind of reset my skin into better balance. That's what I'm hoping for. So,、um, but so far it's been, it's been really great. So, I'm looking forward to using up that bottle. And if I end up really liking it, I might buy that huge, massive. $30 bottle that they have、um, <laughs> at Nature Republic. It's always fun to walk around Nature Republic just because everything's very like、uh, green and nature based and just like it's just lovely smell inside. You feel like you're just in the middle of a garden or a rainforest.、Um, so I love Nature Republic.、Um, 
actually nature republic and innisfere are, are two of my favorite shops to go to just because of their the, the feeling of nature and smells and the very clean pure smell in their stores um which actually is a good transition i'm gonna talk about you guys know i talk about innisfree products all the freaking time because i have so many of them um i have so many of their cleansers i have so many of their um makeup products as well um i pretty much talk about foundations and finishing powders from innisfree all the time on this podcast so you guys know if there is a peach neon pink ramblings podcast episode uh that i'm probably gonna talk about an innisfree product so there you go guys sorry <laughs> but maybe after listening to me rant about industry you're gonna try it out and fall in love with the product the brand too as i have um anyways let's talk about industry's uh real fit matte lipstick i got in the shade number one which i think the name is pale beige um I, I should have picked a different shade because it was very light and made my lips look very pale i think i made a mistake on picking out which shade i wanted to get uh, but that just means i can go back to the store and buy uh, a different shade <laughs> and that's it that's the excuse right <laughs> but the real fit matte lipstick um it has a very sleek magnetic packaging um and it looks and feels quite like much more um uh, substantial and expensive um it's a bit more drying that their than their real fit velvet line which i have two or three of from that before they came out with the matte lipsticks they only had velvet which is kind of um a middle ground between a matte lipstick and a cream or a satin sheen like a satin lipstick so um now that they've added the the matte line like i was really excited to get one um so as you would expect because it's a real matte lipstick compared to a velvet lipstick is that it is more drying um i feel like the real velvet line has more shades um this one only had i think the real fit matte lipstick line only had eight shades they had i think they had just come out because the last time i was at the store they didn't have this and it was only like maybe a month so this must have just come to um their u.s stores um so it kind of needs more shades i i feel like i should have gotten like shade number eight which is more of a rose mauve color i think um rather than a beige color um but hey that just gives me a better excuse to go back and grab another um real fat uh real fit matte lipstick um what i love about this lipstick is that um while it is more drying than their real fit velvet line it it does appear more grown up the real fit velvet line looks very uh plasticky um the packaging it's it's not like flimsy at all but it's very uh it's more sleek not more sleek that's not what i was saying um this one the real fit matte lipstick has a sleeker um kind of like a charcoal dark deep charcoal magnetic packaging outside while the real fit velvet line is like a cream colored one that's kind of like a slimmer like a uh, lipstick so this one feels more like a traditional uh lipstick from a normal brand pretty much um it's it's kind of fun to kind of open it and close it because it's magnetic um my sister says that's because you don't want to lose your the cap to your lipstick but who who would i've never lost a cap <laughs> really i haven't um but uh i i am a huge fan of matte lipsticks so i actually like this the feel of it um even though i got the wrong shade so maybe when i get the right shade it, um, i'm actually gonna be able to tell whether i really love it or not um but so far compared to the other matte lipsticks um that i've used so far it's it's pretty good it's not overly drying but it's a feeling of it when you're just putting on your lips it's just a lot drier than the real fit um velvet line it also stays on the lips a lot better uh has a bit of a ba better staying power it doesn't smudge off as easily as their velvet line um so i'm, I'm looking forward to grabbing more shades that's what i want to say because i want to try out more from this line um if you guys want to um check out my blog post i did post a blog about uh, matte lipsticks 
um, that I've used. It's a, a tiny, tiny blog post, a little bit of a mini review of matte lipsticks that I got for my Southeast Asia trip. So I got a few brands from Bangkok, uh, from Manila. Um, I didn't get any from Singapore because it was really expensive there. But I did get uh, some lips, matte lipsticks from mostly Bangkok and Manila. So I, I compared them a little bit on that blog post. So if you guys want to check that out, that's at www.peachneonpink.com. Neon, again, has two ends, as you guys know, if you are a listener of this podcast. Um, and that's pretty much it. I, I usually talk about three things on the K-Beauty section, but I'm really only going to talk about two things uh, right now. Um, and yeah. This is the end of podcast episode seven. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Um, as usual, please let me know what you want me to talk about um, via the message function on Anchor. You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash peach neon pink. Neon again has two ends forward slash message. Or you can definitely tweet me at the dedicated Twitter account for this podcast at peach neon pink uh on twitter neon again has two ends and this has been peach neon pink ramblings the podcast episode seven i'm so glad to be back i'm hoping to kind of get back to my usual schedule of having a podcast episode for you guys every um week usually i post it on mondays it's just a little bit late this week because i was catching up on life um 
but ho- thank you so much for tuning in uh hopefully you guys enjoyed all those ramblings um and stay come come back come back for the next um podcast episode and i will talk to you guys later bye